I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, a new investigation by The Chronicle has found deep problems in a civic and charitable organization that was founded in Northern California and has helped launch the careers of politicians including Richard Nixon and Barry Goldwater. That group is called Active 2030. Its mission is to help children, and it has, raising millions for youth causes. But Chronicle reporters Alexandria Bordas and Cynthia Dizekas found that Active 2030's mission has for many years been sidelined by partying, binge drinking, and a culture that normalized sexual violence against its own members. Now, current and former members are speaking out. We launched this new investigation after reporting several women's accusations that they'd been assaulted by a former Active 2030 member. That's former Windsor Mayor Dominic Fapoli, who subsequently resigned. Allie, thanks for coming on. Let's start with you. Active 2030 has a number of Bay Area chapters, but mostly flies under the radar. What led you to look into what it's doing and its culture? Thank you, Damien. So as we reported in our initial investigation on April 8th, one of the women, Alison Britton, alleged that what happened between her and Fapoli, her sexual assault allegations, occurred during an active 2030 convention in Reno in 2012. Now, at the time, we were really focused on making sure that the women coming forward were having an opportunity to tell their allegations for the first time. But as we continued following the Fapoli story and continued learning of more allegations, we began to turn our attention as well to institutions and other groups that Fapoli was heavily involved in that um, potential other allegations have occurred. And in that, we learned through the course of our reporting that three additional women have allegations connected to events of Active 2030 where members were present, um, and including Fapoli at the time. And through that, we really started examining the organization as a whole. And that led us to really see through dozens of interviews a bit of a culture that really enabled people like Fapoli and also the mission of the organization being overshadowed by this culture of drinking, partying, ultimately leading to an environment that felt unsafe for women, according to dozens of interviews with members. Cynthia, I want to get into that culture because in this investigation, you guys talked to a lot of people, but you also dug into documents, communications, newsletters from the group. What did you find? Yeah. So one of the things we found out was that Active 2030 has been around for about a century now, and it's rooted back you know, in the 20s when there were a lot of these civic clubs that were starting like Rotary and Qantas International. And at the time, Active 2030 was an all-male club and with origins in the North Bay and in Sacramento. You know, for decades, it was really this ticket for you know, up and coming community leaders for politicians. You mentioned some earlier and um, and it expanded across California and in particular in the North Bay. So it's had a real presence here for decades. So, Cynthia, as you looked into how this group developed, what did you find about men and women and, and the culture? So eventually the club, along with a lot of other um, all-male civic organizations around the country, was essentially forced to become uh, co-ed after a U.S. Supreme Court decision. And so in the late 80s, they began letting in women as official members and that generally as all-female kind of counterpart clubs. Now there are many clubs that are co-ed within the organization and there have been female leaders within the organization for 
a long time. But we did find that, you know, after talking to dozens of members across many clubs who had been involved in the clubs in different years, that, um, as Alexandria mentioned, there was this culture of binge drinking and uh, normalizing, you know, predatory behavior within that uh, culture that permeated. And what would be an example of that? So, for example, we found that members would allegedly show up drunk at conventions, at local charity events that involved children. We had more than a dozen current and former members that said that club leaders and members over the years encouraged each other to drink alcohol to the point of passing out or vomiting at club conventions and other large multi-club meetings. And, you know, some examples of that, uh, kind of the scene that we were given were that was that liquor and beer bottles often lined the main table where national leaders sat during conventions. And then within that, we heard from former female members that women were often treated as basically objects and conquests. So male members would place bets on who could have sex with more women during a convention or would attempt to get female members drunk to win these bets. Ali, a lot of the story talks about how there were concerns raised about this group and about this culture you talk about and people feeling like they weren't addressed over the years. Yeah. So I think the the earliest concern that became very quickly widespread through the organization stemmed from Alison Britton first sharing her allegation with then president of the Santa Rosa Club, Andy Bain, and also a group of other members who were present at the time when she first opened up about her allegations against Dominic Fapoli. From there, Allison and her fellow female club members from Sebastopol really banded together and took it upon themselves to start warning other women, particularly new recruits or prospective members, potentially about engaging with Fapoli, especially if alcohol was involved. Now, Britton told us that she was very open with people and was very much willing to tell her story to whoever was going to listen. And that in turn turned into a whisper network among the women within the organization because they felt that despite raising concerns to either their club leaders or to national at conventions or even to other male members themselves, the allegations were not being taken seriously. Their concerns weren't being taken seriously. And they felt that there was no robust policy which they could turn to in order to report complaints or to discuss their concerns on a more serious national level. Okay, so this all explodes in April when you guys report all of the allegations against Dominic Fapoli, but he had remained a member until then, and people were concerned about his behavior for many years. What was the response of this organization, and what is their response now to your investigation? So the Santa Rosa Club took it upon themselves before our story ran on April 8th to start the procedure for expelling Fapoli from their club once they were alerted to a potential investigation by the Chronicle. Quickly after, national leadership made a public statement saying that they were taking the allegations incredibly seriously, and at the national level, they also moved to expel his membership from the entire organization. Now, they also announced that they were going to be doing an internal investigation and they were really going to take a look at other people who could have contributed to Fapoli, basically flying under the radar for as long as he did, dating back to the first known allegation that they claimed at the time, which was Alison Britton among Santa Rosa leadership like Andy Bain, who was the president at the time and who was told about the allegation. Through that internal investigation, Three members, all three of who spoke to the Chronicle in the first story to corroborate Alison Britton's account, 
received disciplinary letters. Now, national leadership has since said that they've completed their investigation, that they have issued additional discipline, but they're not able to go into those details citing privacy concerns. Now where national leadership stands is they're really being forward thinking. They're looking to how they're going to move forward past this trying time and how they are going to have a zero tolerance policy around abusive conduct and around harassment and any additional concerns that their members have. They said that they are going to be addressing things swiftly from the very beginning. Let's take a quick break on Fifth Admission, but first, a note about a sale here at the San Francisco Chronicle. We're offering unlimited digital access for 26 weeks for 99 cents. That's 99 cents total, not per week. So go to sfchronicle.com pod to sign up. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bullwood, joined by Cynthia Dizikas and Alexandria Bordas, two Chronicle reporters. Ali, I want to just return for a moment to Dominic Fapoli and Active 2030, specifically to Fapoli. There are a lot of allegations now that people knew about him. They were concerned. There was a whisper network, as you said. So for people who are in that group, what are their accusations about what Active 2030 known or should have done? So when national leadership responded to questions from the Chronicle about our findings, their response was that as far as they knew, no one was aware of any other allegations except for the few people who Alison Britton told. They maintained that they had not, at least at the moment, their current leadership had not heard about jokes about any sort of serious allegations involving Fapoli. And yet documents that we obtained through our reporting show that there had been numerous references to some of Fapoli's concerning behavior and Fapoli himself and joking manners, references that include too much alcohol and being around Fapoli and connecting jokes about um, being around bars where Fapoli hangs out. And also there were official newsletters by the Santa Rosa Club specifically that the Chronicle obtained in our reporting that makes jokes connecting Fapoli with serious sexual assault allegations. So it really contradicts what we've been hearing from national leadership about who may have known and also who was making jokes to other club members in the organizations about potentially hurtful behavior towards fellow female members. And Ali, what does Dominic Fapoli say about all of this? Dominic Fapoli did not return any requests for comments uh, for this specific story. But throughout the course of our investigation, he has maintained his innocence and also denied the allegations completely. Cynthia, I want to go over to you because there's been huge developments in the Fapoli case. He's being investigated as a result of your reporting for potential sexual assault allegations. What's the latest? So actually, there's been big news on that front as well. As you mentioned, the sheriff's office has been investigating these allegations of sexual assault since April. And in our reporting, things have been pretty quiet on that front. Uh, You know, the women who gave their statements to law enforcement, the ones that we've talked to, you know, hadn't heard much about what was going on. We've been sending consistent requests for an update. And then suddenly for us last week, the sheriff's office and investigators on this case raided uh, Fapoli's home in Windsor searching for evidence of 
alleged crimes. That broke last week, and we didn't have the details of, you know, what exactly they were searching for, what they got at the time. But then this week, um, parts of that search warrant were unsealed, and they revealed that they had obtained computers, cell phones, other electronic devices in pursuit of a number of things, but namely um, two photographs that were allegedly taken of women in 2002 and 2017. Now, you're reporting that 13 total women have come forward. Now, that includes in this Act of 2030 investigation. So do we know what would have triggered all of a sudden this raid? Yeah. So what we found out um, this week, actually, is that another woman who is being re- represented by a victim's rights attorney who's representing other women in this case came forward with a statement to law enforcement in the, about the last month making an allegation of sexual a felony sexual assault within the statute of limitations. Okay, so what does that tell us about where we're at? Can we know from the police whether they may bring a case to the district attorney? This is a very serious indication that law enforcement is moving forward with some parts of what they know from the women who have made statements to police and have also come forward in chronicle investigations with allegations. So the lawyers that are representing a number of the women who have told their stories to the chronicle and to law enforcement are saying that this is a huge forward momentum for the case. They're saying they're very excited and also that their clients are really relieved to see this moving forward and that they wouldn't be moving forward unless they felt that they had probable cause to do so. And Ali, I have to ask you, You've reported that it's still possible that Dominic Fapoli may run again, even though he resigned in the wake of your investigation. He could run for mayor again. Yes. So in a previous story that we reported a few months ago, Dominic had signaled that he could potentially run again for mayor of Windsor by filing paperwork with the town of Windsor. And the town of Windsor also came out with a statement corroborating that, saying that he had filed it, that he could potentially run, that the paperwork itself was official. So the town of Windsor right now is in deep talks to try to redistrict their town to avoid having another openly elected mayor, all because they fear what happened in which Dominic refused to step down despite many allegations from women and the town itself had supported a recall movement that ultimately did not occur because Fapoli stepped down after a ninth woman came forward. All right, Allie and Cynthia, thank you so much. It's an incredible investigation, and thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks. To read the investigation into the group Active 2030, go to sfchronicle.com slash active2030, and that's active2030. I want to thank my guests today, their Chronicle reporters, Cynthia Dizikas and Alexandria Bordas, to King Kaufman and Taya Francesca Price for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.